well, what, what's the other side of the wager? It's like, nope, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to negotiate with a corpse. <laughs> it's so badass. <laughs> it's so badass, dude. Like, he's just like, nope, dead man walking. Welcome to Ale, the non-usual casual podcast. I'm your host, Rian De Silva, with mi amigo, Andrew De Heche. Hola, mi gente. Mucho, eh, tengo mucho feliz que hablando contigo hoy y hablando con mi amigo, Rian De Silva. <laughs> Welcome, guys. All right, that's enough fun. So much. I'm sorry, I just got back from overseas. Welcome <laughs> to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast, episode 130. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Ash. Uh, now everyone's going to know that my Spanish is basically just elementary level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, most Americans' English is elementary level, okay? So... <laughs> Uh, we're back with another episode. Uh, we want to have a little fun there, uh, but uh, housekeeping, this is where the fun ends. You can listen to us everywhere. Uh, visit us at podcastcore.com. Remember, that's C-O-R. That's where all our info is. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Follow us on all the platforms. You guys have been doing that. It's been awesome. We've had some good discoverability lately, so thank you. And then leave a like. And comment. A lot of people have been commenting, and that's helped as well for us to kind of know what you guys want um, yeah. and what you like. And we appreciate all the kind words. Yeah, yeah, we love the feedback, and uh, like you know, any form of feedback is always welcome. But that's not how we got here. How did we get here? By telling a friend, word of mouth, to lie to your mother while listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. <laughs> We're really here just giving you the best advice. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about the story for set if you listened to last episode that was the bio we're picking up from there and this is going to get into the kind of the day-to-day -day of sets shenanigans as a owner of this arena uh, in ionia and this story is called big head bad news and it's a first person perspective as well which is interesting i did not expect this um going into it yeah, and I I do enjoy getting the first person perspective uh, specifically from newer champions because you know they just they haven't been around as long as some of the other ones so they're not in multiple stories or in some of the comics so it's nice mm -hmm. to kind of see how Set's brain ticks um, but uh, as far as the story you know it is a good one but so let's just I just say let's dive into it because. It, there, there's definitely a lot to cover in this short little story here. Yeah, yeah. So the story is, you know, we like stories in three parts, and this story is broken itself into three parts, which made it easy. So we start part one off with the largest arena attendance night to date. And Seth is doing his rounds to ensure everything is accounted for, especially the money. Got to make sure the till is not only filled, but protected. And he talks about his star combatant for the night, Prawn the Flare, who is one of the few people in Runeterra that can wield a whip sword. 
And he barely mentions the opponent, right? He even states here, um, quote, I'll remember his name if he wins. And then we immediately jump into some straight up Sakuga. Yeah, and I, especially since this is in first person's perspective, I am very appreciative of the details that we get with the Sakuga here because, like, you know, it could be a thing. Like, Seth's already kind of said that he's only going to remember the opponent's name if he wins. So it could have been a thing where Seth's like, I'm not even going to watch the fight because I know that my money's secured. Uh, but no, he, he does watch it and he breaks it down really well, which kind of backs up that set is the top dog, right? Like he, yeah. he got into the position that he's in, which if you haven't listened to his bio episode, you may want to listen to that. I'm going to give you like half a second before I spoil it. Uh, but he got into the position he's in because he was a top dog in the fighting arena himself, which means that he he understands how a fight goes. He understands what fighters are looking at too. And we get to see that when he's breaking down the fight and is from his perspective. So it, like that right there is, you know, plenty of reason to go read like that little passage because Seth says it better than I could. Yeah. And I actually want to read a passage here. Just a portion of the fight. Um, it starts with, the Shuriman draws his daggers. He sprints across the pit, throwing himself into a whirl of blades, slicing the wind at an unnatural angle. Flair is surprised, but not off guard. He parries a dagger with his buckler, throwing the Shuriman off balance for a split second. It feels like an eternity. The Shuriman's body is turned off kilter, hands by his waist, his entire torso wide, a wide open target. In a single fluid motion or movement, the flayer swings his whip sword clean across the throat of his opponent. The Shuriman drops to the floor in a growing pool of his own blood. The crowd erupts. And Set immediately gets paid off for not caring about the other guy's name, huh? <laughs> so our unnamed combatant is going to remain unnamed here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, yeah. especially like that breakdown of, you know, of the opening, like the fact that like for set, and I'm sure it's the same for the flayer too, of like, it kind of felt like it froze in time of like, he's so wide open. Um, cause like, that's what the, like, you know, really top level fighters, like these, the small openings to the average eye is going to seem bigger because that's what they're looking for. And when you're looking for something, yeah. it tends to be a little bit easier to see compared to someone who doesn't know what to look for. So I think that that's kind of written well in that sense of just like giving it the slow-mo look, even though for everyone else, it was going to be at full speed. Yeah, exactly. And this moves us to where the actual conflict of the story is, where Set, you know, is pleased by the display, notices the look on Prawn's face as he's meeting his fans, and he does not look happy. So as the arena empties out and Prawn stops him as he's prepping to go, right, prepping to bounce, uh, he mentions he just won for a record-breaking crowd, and I want a cut of the till. And this pisses Set off, right? Because as Hetch mentioned, he worked to get to this position, even though Prawn doesn't see that. And Set takes it personally. So his head has gotten too big. And Set noticed this as he was fighting as well, that, okay, this guy's been winning a bunch of nights. He's selling out this, the arena. 
it's going to get to this head because this isn't my first rodeo. I've seen this happen before. And and uh, I know Seth's going to be taking it very personally because of the way that he was able to get to the position he's at. Yes, there yep. was a lot of hard work, specifically in the fighting scenes, right? But uh, he also got there not just through his hard work, but also through intimidation and uh, and bullying of the previous owners. And getting them to the point of like, look, it's my way or the highway. So for Set, he's not only going to take it personal because it's like, dude, you want some of my paycheck because you think you earned it. That's my paycheck. But on top of that, it's like, yeah, I got this paycheck by taking it from the last guy that got it. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what you're going to have to do to get this paycheck. And but that involves me, too. And I don't like that. So I mean, like Set Set is not hesitating at exactly. all when it comes when it comes to like uh, absolutely not over my dead body, or I could arrange it to where it's going to be over your dead body. Like like for Set, there's it is cut and dry for him. Yeah, and the verbal lashing that Prawn tries to give him, calling him washed up, right, ex fighter, etc., and he's doing this all in front of his crew. And we've already told you in the last episode, this has a very mob-like presentation when it comes to, you know, like a departed or whatever. When it comes to set story here, that's very uh, counter to what you expect from Ionian stories. But he is in front of his subordinates. This guy's disrespecting him. He has to respond. And Prawn says that, you know, not only is he calling him washed up, he says he's spoiled. He says anyone can do your job. And said basically, he's like, all right, dude, 1v1 me then. <laughs> he's like fucking one v one me, and Prawn wants. He's like, okay, cool. If I win, I get your whole operation. And Seth's like, all right. And then he waits, and Set doesn't say anything. And he thinks Set wants something, and all Set wants is for it to be in front of a live crowd. Let's make some money. It's like if I'm gonna have to kick your ass six ways to Sunday. <laughs> I might as well get paid to do it. Like I, I have nothing but respect for that. That that is the same. That is the same as like you get off of like work from like a really long shift, and then your boss like catches you on your way out the door, and yeah. before you answer any questions while maintaining eye contact with your boss, you just walk back over to the time clock and clock back in. Like that. That's what Set <laughs> did here. Of just like no, no. Like I'm not even entertaining. The air coming out of your head until I'm being paid. (laughs) And and then it's even better because it's like at no point does he make a demand even after that. Like Set doesn't make a demand. Set for Set, he doesn't have anything riding on the fight for him because it's like, no, like if you want to do this, you're dead. Like that's that's it. No, full stop. You are dead. That's basically all he's saying here in so little words. And I love that Prod doesn't pick up on that because he's still like, well, well, what, what's the other side of the wager? It's like, no, nope, I'm not going to I'm not going to negotiate with a corpse. <laughs> it's so badass. <laughs> it's so badass, dude. Like He's just like, no, nope, dead man walking. <laughs> So this takes us to part two, and this is where we get some more action. Like This is a short story, but there's a lot of action, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in part two, we get to fight night. Fight night begins, 
And Seth walks into the pit, obviously, to a ruckus applause. He's the owner. People know him. Like, if you are a, are a um, veteran attendee, you've seen him fight. And he can tell Prawn is still, this is the next night, remember, he's still in hothead mode. He's not thinking straight. Uh, and this is where we hop right into some Sakuga. I won't read this one. But the gist of it is that Prawn rushes in, out like non-characteristically. Um, I think I said that wrong. But <laughs> out of yeah. out of the character that he would have more patience yeah. and know that he's dealing with a dangerous opponent, rushes in for the kill immediately. He gets some licks in, uh, and it takes a little bit for Set to warm up. But once his blood gets pumping, then the lesson begins, and he starts to teach Prawn a very important one. I love that it has that build up to it, right? Because like, I I think like they could have easily written it to be like you know, set just runs him over because he's set. Like like, what, what are you going to do against set, right? Uh, but I love that they decide to give the build up to it because it makes it feel more like league, like that. Because like, I mean, a set's not going to just you know come out and just demolish you outright like you, he needs you to hit level three um and then it's like oh this like the the start of this fight is like okay okay i'll out that's it i hit level three you're dead <laughs> like i love yeah. i love that it has that build up but um like it, it is out of character as far as for prawn and that kind of plays it gives us more insight into sets in um his intuition like his intuition is very good and that's how he got where he is and we know we get to see it here in practice because this whole time he's like yeah prawn's pissed i can tell even though he won the fight he's pissed and he's gonna come for me well yeah. he's come for me but he's he's got a big head and that that's gonna be his downfall and then sure enough right at the start of the fight whoa prawn's already running at me that's not what he usually does oh, <laughs> because i've i've already like I've already established this all like everything set said was going to happen is happening right now. And, and we, that, that yeah. his intuition's spot on. We get a bit of foreshadowing too, right? When we see, or a bit of a, a parallel with the Shreeman guy, because the Shreeman guy had something to prove and he rushed at prawn at the beginning of the story. Right. And it went bad for him. Uh, so there's that that's on purpose as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so as with us saying it this way, uh, that means that prawn's okay, right? No, no, absolutely not. So <laughs> oh, no. this is the point after two days where prawn finally gets some mental clarity and he starts to panic <laughs> and he's trying to find a way to make it out of this alive, trying to tell set, dude, I'm your prize fighter. Don't fuck me up too bad, dog. I need to fight again. And set's like, no, why would you think you would challenge me? On a night where we're breaking records and you still have value after I beat the shit out of you. This yeah. is going to end the way I, you think it's going to end. Um, I and, love, the, yeah, he, I he, love uh, the last thing. The last thing he tells Prague, yeah, yeah. which is like, I love this pettiness of throwing someone else's words back at them. Because uh, like Prague yeah. is basically doing like, I'm your prize fighter. Don't do this. And he's just like, and all Seth says is. You're losing to a washed up ex champ who's going to pay to see you fight now. <laughs> and that's so true. You've, you've, we've seen it in boxing. We've seen this happen when you take these high risk bouts, right? That can, it's not so much always about the fight because at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Set even says this, right? 
So when you lose your entertainment value because you got too big for your britches, you lose your overall value. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. That's now over. Yep. And this is uh, bad for prawn specifically because, you know, in the boxing world, when that happens, hopefully you have enough of your winnings set aside to open up a gym and live out your retirement. Um, Prawn's not going to get to see retirement. Uh, he's he he is done. So he's going the same way as the unnamed Shereman that set to not even bother to learn his name. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd loves it, which is what set wants. And he knew this once again. Like Hetch mentioned, he has the foresight. And this takes us into part three, um, which is a huge tonal shift, but fits more if you've listened to the bio, where that night, late that night, which he says he does every night, he stops by his mom's house as she's sleeping, he quietly leaves a sack of coins on the dresser, and he wakes her up a bit, uh, and she notices his hand is injured, and she you know, says, hey, what, what happened to your hand? Are you okay? And Jesus Christ, he tells her, <laughs> that he injured his hand while building an orphanage. <laughs> it's so hard, dude. Set goes so hard, bro. <laughs> and, you know, with a little tear in her eye as she rolls back over to sleep with a smile on her face, knowing her son, quote, is making a respectable living. <laughs> and that's where our story ends. Oh my lord! I mean, it's nice because he didn't lie to her. He is—he <laughs> didn't lie to her. He is making the orphans to go inside of the orphanage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all about perspective. <laughs> God damn it! So yeah, that's our set story. That's where it ends. Um, great story. Great story. Yeah. Uh, definitely something we because we mentioned that set story at the beginning was our in, in the bio episode it wasn't too crazy um there is you know this was the one we teased for the samira episode because there is some crossover with samira and set just due to the nature of the businesses they're in um and that could lead to some fun especially when we go back to talking about the mmos right how are we having the world interact with each other uh with itself while you as a player is in it and that's a dynamic you could play with too that could be fun yeah. And one of the things that uh, like I think that reading the story is really good at even outside of the MMO dynamic is that we get to see the shift in a in an entire culture yeah. because that's something we covered a bit in the bio where, you know, like Ionia doesn't like it's not a land where fight pits like we're dotted all across every major city yeah. like that. Cause that's a very Noxian thing. And set is kind of the bridge between that since he is half Noxian and half Vestaya. Yeah. But the, we get to see that in specifically in the story that, cause the bio even stated that set was kind of giving to the new generation of Ionians, something they didn't even know they wanted yet. And we get to see that it's like, yeah, like, no, this is a booming industry, essentially. Yeah. Just even not it's on the infancy of being a booming industry because of the fact that there's not a lot of fight pits in Ionia, which yeah. means that like people are going to be traveling 
all across Ionia to go to the one fight pit if that's something that they want to see. Uh, and Set's the one that's collecting all the money now since he kind of overthrew what was there. And we get to see just like how different it is compared to the rest of Ionia. Because I know like you could read the set story without like if you're not paying very close attention when you're reading the bio you're going to be thinking that it might be kind of like a fight club thing, right? Yeah. Like guys go in and pummel the hell out of each other and everybody goes home, you know, maybe with less teeth, but they all go home. No, like these guys are, <laughs> these guys are basically gladiators. Like there's yeah. some people that don't ever leave the pit and that like, that is something that's just not what you would expect to come out of the first lands. It's but here it is. Yeah, it's and you know if we want to go a little bit deeper at the end of this episode, you know Hetch mentioned it in Set's bio when we did our Irelia episode, and we kind of tried our best to insinuate since that was a very long time ago. So if you're still listening to us since then, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, but we talked about how important that violence that was brought by Noxus to the shores. And not only that, but that pushing Irelia to make the decision to fight back and then also convince the people who aren't trained soldiers to also fight back and how that moment in time reverberated up to this point in time. That's cool. That's the stuff we give, we give um, Riot credit on is that's how you create depth through generations uh, and also – through, hey, the Ionia we know now is not what it used to be. Why is it that way? And what were the effects that we know about that could have led to this? And then you get to fill in the gaps yourself. Uh, but there's so much info there to allow you to do so in an effective manner that creates a great feeling when you get to that point. You're like, oh, yeah, this there's a reason this pit exists. And it's not just because of Set's ingenuity. Yeah, like, it, it, you know, we make a lot of jokes at, like, the expense of the blood money uh, mm -hmm. bit, but, like, the the fighting pit is not in Ionia to sell skins. It, it is, <laughs> there is a, there is a history behind it, and that is something that gives the feeling of a living and breathing world, yep. because we get to see that, like, what we get to see what the baby boomers, the baby boomers of Ionia would be thinking compared to the now Gen Z like following set to the fighting pits <laughs> to watch some people die. Like, you know, like they a lot of a lot of factors go into play there. And but it's that living and breathing feeling is what makes me specifically very excited for an MMO because that opens so many different directions you could go in. Like, do you want to go deeper? down like the transition of what Ionia is now becoming and follow set into the into the fight pits do you want to go deeper into the Kinku order who's just trying to restore some kind of balance to the first lands for the sake of all of Runeterra like all of these different directions open up because of the foundation that's built here yeah you I mean Hetch said it perfectly the fighting pits exist in Ionia because of the 2008 housing crisis. All right. <laughs> so with that, as always, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Oh, 
I hate you sometimes, but <laughs> take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the 2008. <laughs> <laughs>